0: I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stalk to the beat of my own drum. I got my pockets full of dreams. Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse, a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world, or in raising a family, or who have hobbies that can make us all be encouraged. Want to hear what makes these women passionate and get up in the morning, or what they wish they'd known earlier in life? Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. Ooh. count one, two, three, to my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't nothing on me, cause I'm doing my thing and I hold the key to all my wants and all my dreams. Like an old song. Honey Bainbridge is my guest on the podcast today, and you will be exhausted. Hearing what goes into her day, but at the same time, be inspired by her passion for the communities where she's plugged in. The right blend lands someone else to spend their dollars to come into a community. She's been involved in economic development for many years, and that means she knows a lot of people. It's relationships, 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 and Connie is out to make a community better and fulfill what she calls her purpose and worthy work. She is definitely has a servant's heart. Connie's a lifelong learner. Tune in. I am in Prattville, Alabama today and I am with Connie Bainbridge. Welcome. Delighted to have you with us and what I'd like to do is just turn it over to you for a minute just to introduce yourself to the audience and of who you are today and kind of how people might know who Connie is today.
1: Great. Well, Amy, this is a really an honor to be um, on one of your pa- podcasts today. Um, I'm manager of community and economic development currently for Central Alabama Electric Co-op, and uh, we'll get into those duties uh, shortly. Before that, I have 20-plus years in economic and community development working with Chamber of Commerce in the state. I've worked with Hartzell. Prattville, and Chilton County for the Chamber of Commerce. So um, my passion really is community and economic development. Uh, my job description here at the co-op is to be a set of hands on the local level to the local community and economic developers.
0: Oh, wow. And that is pretty encompassing. So what might a typical day, which probably is an oxymoron for you, What might a typical day be for you? Because you're serving many counties within the electric cooperative, but what might that look for you?
1: Well, Amy, every day is different, and that's kind of what I love about the job, but what I really uh, am drawn to is the difference I get to make every day. Um, Economic and community development uh, runs the gamut. Uh, We go into communities and help develop product to sell for job creation, uh, develop leaders, do training for elected officials. Um, Really and truly, what economic development is about is trying to create, retain, and attract wealth. And you say, wealth? Well, for for me, wealth is good jobs for people. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Um, I learned a long time ago that this was my passion for one reason. I grew up in Chilton County, Um, my mom and dad, my dad was a logger, my mom's family was peach farmer, farmers, and jobs were very, very important to us in our family, as, as they are most people, and so I found my way into this business, and I just believe, honestly believe that I'm doing the important work that a doctor, a psychiatrist, a financial advisor would do, and I'll tell you why. I've never seen anyone that was healthy, happy, or had good quality of life that there was not an income coming in from somewhere, and namely a job. So there have been nights in my chamber career and nights in my uh, career here at Central Alabama Electric Co-op where I go to bed and I really believe I've changed someone's life for the better. Now, that may be as simple as answering a phone call and showing a piece of property to an investor that I know is going to hire some people. It may be answering the phone and trying to help someone sell a product to an industry. And and again, that goes back to jobs and that goes back to feeding families and having money to take care of your health and your family's health. So I know that sounds... um kind of Pollyannish, I guess, but honestly, I am doing work that I truly believe changes lives. It, it It's answering the phone, answering the call in a local level. You know, we have some um, areas in our rural service territory that are losing population, and there really is a process for building product, building leadership, uh, inviting housetops, people, inviting retailers, inviting industries to come in. You have to look at your strengths, evaluate your weaknesses, but but operate from your opportunities.
0: Oh, wow. So how do you know where some of these opportunities are? How do you know how to get started? And do you foster these relationships with the chambers, um, or do
1: you look for industry or how does that happen in economic development um i'll use this comparison if you're selling real estate it's location 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 if you are an economic developer it's relationships 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 so When you go into a community or as I visit my communities or as elected leaders call or community leaders call and say, "Um, come and help us. Help us know how to get a restaurant, how to get an industry. Uh, We don't have a, well, yesterday I showed a piece of property in Coosa County. In Coosa County, they do not have what I would call a truck stop, uh, something with several bays that is just for truckers, showers, and, and all the amenities for truckers. They do have great gasoline and service stations, but not necessarily that type of entity. And so on 280 in Coosa County, uh, they would like a truck stop. So yesterday, uh, I took a gentleman to to look at the site, eighty's four lane. There were transfer trucks zipping by and cars zipping by. Uh, I talked to him about the... Uh, housetops tops that are within a mile to two miles that might trade in his uh, store as well. One of the things I learned about that entity so is that they gasoline is not what makes their money; it's what you buy in the convenience store and off oh, the yeah. shelves.
0: I worked in the convenience store industry, and when they first came up with the um, pay at the pump, we panicked because it meant, uh-oh, people are not coming in the stores, and of course it has led to all this marketing at the pump. And we, of course, the convenience store survived. But you've got to have some things going on that draw them in, like truckers need to have the showers, need to have food that's more than just a crinkly
1: pack that they open up. So that's interesting that that's part of what you're involved in. So yesterday, you know, I'm I'm showing a site for a truck stop. Last week, I was meeting with a lady to help her do a business plan. Uh, She has a uh, recipe that she is going to try to uh, bottle and sell for Chow Chow. Her family, I helped them many years ago, and they they got their labels. They got approved uh, to put their product on the grocery shelves for a while. Uh, The mother passed away. Now this daughter has come back, and this has been 10 years ago. Now she's come back, and she's going to redo her mother's recipe, going to get the label. She's going to go start trying to put it on grocery shelves. So uh, last week I was visiting with her, helping her put together a business plan because she has to go out and and get her financing for it. Um, She has to understand all the FDA regulations. Uh, But if she's successful, she'll be a home-based business. But she plans to grow from her commercial kitchen into an establishment that, again, will hire some people and and provide jobs. So um, I'm trying to think of it. Two weeks ago, we had an international project here uh, at the co-op come in to look at one of our large fifty thousand square foot buildings to do a manufacturing site. Now, economic development is very, very competitive um, with retail and and with those large commercial projects. This company um, can go anywhere in the southeast and create 100 jobs. I want them to create those 100 jobs here because my family and my friends and our residents need those good paying jobs and those health benefits. Um, So, Every day for me is something different, and in my opinion and in, in, in my work style, a home-based business is just as important as that large manufacturer because at the end of the day, someone's life is going to be affected in some way, so I want to do everything I can to help small, medium, large, any kind of job creation that I can do.
0: So is your role unusual for electric cooperatives or for utilities to have somebody that intricately involved?
1: I won't say that it's unusual. Uh, We have a a National Rural Economic Developers Association, which is made up primarily of co-ops and the economic developers that they have on staff. I am on the board of that national uh, organization right now. Now, having said that, not every co-op, has an economic developer. Our president and CEO, Tom Stackhouse, um, he is visionary. Um, He and I met about 25 years ago. Uh, I was at the Prattville Chamber and he came in to um, run the Central Alabama Electric Co-op and he got me excited so much about economic development because he made a visit to my office and said, Connie, what does Autauga County need? I said, well, Autauga County doesn't have anything to sell. We don't have a product. It wasn't but about a few months later till he walks back in the chamber office and says, Hey, Connie, I've got you 200 acres. Would you like to start to work on that? And so now I work for him here at the co-op. I I was at the chamber there about 15 years. He and I worked in that relationship together. And then uh, fortunately, um, he offered me a job at the co-op. And I've been here now going into nine years. So he's a visionary leader of a co-op. I would say it's not unusual necessarily for some of our mid-size and large cooperatives to have community developers and economic developers. It is unusual for a co-op like Central Alabama Electric Co-op to actually take the lead in product development, byproduct, uh, vie for federal grants to put in sewer, and really, uh, that's the meat on the bones yeah, for wow. what you got to sell.
0: So do you get involved in the grant writing and the grant searching?
1: Uh, we do. Uh, now, I utilize grant uh, writers because, obviously, they specialize in that. And uh, to be awarded federal grants, you, you do need to understand what they're looking for and, and to know there are some... Uh, tricks to the trade if you will on writing grants but those relationships again I know grant writers we use grant writers um, and we look for grants ourselves most of the time uh, we, we'll see a grant so we'll call a grant writer and say can you tell me more about this so that we can go after it and it's um, it's just water sewer right now the co-op is heavily involved in searching for broadband grants Um May I just tell you a little bit about my my story and why I, why I have to pinch myself sometimes ah, every day? Well, definitely. not every day. Let's go there. All right. I was a stay at home mom uh, right out of high school. Um, I was nineteen, unmarried, with a child. I got married, traveled some, stay at home, had two children. Okay, so I have been a stay-at-home mom, a young mother. Um, I got to do that awesome uh, task. I look back now and and, uh, I'm so grateful that I had those years with my my children. But I was spending a lot of time at the school, and I, I think that probably was offering a lot of help because I didn't have an outlet for using my talents or abilities. And the Chilton County Chamber of Commerce job uh, came open I didn't know anything about a chamber of commerce a business organization at all and one of the teachers at the elementary school said Connie I think that you'd be great at the Chilton County Chamber of Commerce and I said well I don't know what a chamber does and I've told groups this a lot of times and if it's chamber execs in the audience it gets a real laugh she said and I quote well I think they just eat and hand out maps <laughs> and and uh, a lot more you're too good at that right? <laughs> right I could be good at that and I would get out of the school uh, every day uh, and so I went and applied for the chamber of commerce job no experience but um, it was just a part-time job and they hired me and I did hand out my share of maps and I did greet some tourists buying peaches but I also decided that I wanted to learn more about chambers of commerce and I went to the chamber institute I paid my first year myself and then the chamber came in and paid paid some dollars and so I I started learning that a chamber of commerce it, it is a welcome mat it's an open for business a visitor station but there's deeper things that we need to do as a chamber and as a business community and really it's developed leadership and a, a vision for ourselves in our area and to continue to look for ways to improve quality of life, working on education, and so I took all of that to heart and just really, um, there was once my mom said, now all the hours you're putting in, do you pay the chamber or do they pay you? And I said, mom, uh, I would do this job for free if I could afford it. She, she was concerned that I was just working so much for so little, but it was just, I could tell it was just my passion. It was just... Um, and bringing people together and talking about how you could work and, and what could happen if everybody uh, thought it was a good idea, from a festival to a, a playground to an industrial park uh, to a leadership group, it just it just got in my soul and stayed with me. I, I'm so grateful that uh I found this work because it it really is my passion. I left Chilton and went to Hartsell, Alabama and uh, worked there for several years. Great community, uh, beautiful downtown, uh, worked with the Morgan County Economic Development Association. At that time, I thought, you know, there's something to this economic development game. Uh, I, I want to specialize in that. I want to, I want to be able to court industries and to invite them to communities and show them the product and tell them how hard we work and the needs of our area, and I, I want to learn about that. So I did. I uh, went to the Economic Development Institute in Oklahoma for four years and uh, became a certified economic developer, and then went back to my hometown in Chilton County and and worked for uh, several years. We built the Peach Water Tower on the interstate and some other creative things that were just, again, just pinching myself that I got to be a part of uh, of such cool projects. And then I came to Prattville and when I came to Prattville the only thing on the interchange here in Prattville was the Holiday Inn mm-hmm. now there's the golf course all kinds of restaurants the malls Alabama's first Bass Pro outdoor world so I got to work on a, uh, those projects with an awesome team the mayor and uh, the city council and the county uh, we all work together and And uh, really changed the face of the community when when it came to retail and shopping. So I wanted to tell you my story because there are some days that I wake up in the mornings and I think, Thank you, God. I don't know how I got here. But I am so glad that I found what I believe is my purpose and my worthy work. That also translates into why I don't... I pride myself on serving others. I really believe I have a servant's heart. And when people ask me for help, whether it's a community uh, leader group or a chamber or an economic development association, or I just greeted a group in from Auburn University in our auditorium, um, and I just, I wake up. And I love to serve if I can do something for someone, and especially if it's to make a community better, uh, if it's to help someone with an income, uh, if it's to help brainstorm, what could you do? What kind of business does an area need? I just get all excited and time just doesn't mean anything. I've I've gone through a whole day and thought, is it three o'clock? It can't be three o'clock already.
0: That's good to have a day fly. I want to go back to where you were talking about. There are so many points where you sought out education and sought out, you know, specializing. And you said something about four years in Oklahoma. Was that? Talk to me about that. That sounds like a huge commitment, both on your part and time and just seeking resources.
1: Well, um, Amy, uh, let me start with. I graduated high school and I took a few uh, college courses, but like so many other young people, I I uh, didn't know what career I wanted to be in. My mother wanted me to be a nurse, so I was accepted to nursing school and I started down that road. Um, and the bookwork was fine, the hospital not so fine. I am I'm um, I am a I'm told that I'm an empathetic person, not a sympathetic person. So if you're sick, I kind of wanted to crawl up in the bed with you and be sick, too. Just I, So nursing was not for me. And so I I left that, got married, and, and had my children. When I went to work for the Chamber, the, uh, the Chamber Institute uh, was a six-year program, one week a year. Or you could go to different schools. But at that time, I chose one week a year for six years, In addition to that, Oklahoma Economic Development Institute was one week every year as well. So about uh, there for about six years, I I did training, um, specific trainings, about two or three weeks a year. Uh, Some of my income went toward that. uh, Some of the chamber income went toward that. But to get those certifications. In the meantime, I have a wonderful, wonderful story. Uh, the Prattville Chamber of Commerce I had finished my EDI and I had finished my Chamber Institute so I had those credentials those certifications and I went to work for the Prattville Chamber and the chairman of my board on a performance review after I'd been there a year he said Connie how would you like to go back and get your bachelor's in business and I said oh well yeah I'd love to do that and he said well instead of your raise this year I think that we if you're willing uh, if you'd like to go back and and begin your bachelor's I think we would like to pay for that for you and so I said wow "Wow." well because I had two children I had a husband had children in high school and I I didn't have the means to do that so I went back uh, to school at Faulkner University in Montgomery at night completed my bachelor's degree and uh so once i finished that it took me about two years to finish that um the same gentleman that was my chairman said to me how would you like to get your master's in business he said you know connie once you have education no one can take education away from you and he said you know you just i know you love to learn i know you pay pay for what you can but we want to do this So, once again, for 18 months, I went to school on the weekends. I went in on Friday night and all day Saturday, used Sunday to do my homework, um, and completed my bachelor's degree at Faulkner. So, I'm a lifelong learner. Yes, I have a master's in business now, uh, thanks to my profession. Um, You know, hard work. I, I worked hard. It was recognized, and I'm so glad that it was recognized, not so much in a dollar amount in a paycheck but there was someone there thinking on my behalf
0: and offering
1: that education dollar which you know now if i would say to any person if you have the opportunity to take a course or or have education paid for don't pass that up do that you know i was just so fortunate and again that um my chairman he he was just so wise because again i he also knew me he knew i loved what i did and he knew that learning was just I, i'm just i was just a sponge i'm still just a sponge yeah i I look back and you know I i don't have a lot of regrets because i'm i'm just where i need to be the only regret that i might have is right out of high school if i could have just stayed engaged in learning and and found that career there's no telling what I could be I even think today um even at my age I might want to go back and get another degree and and people say well Connie now are you going to go back to Chilton County when you when you retire are you going to live back at home and and I say well I may but my vision my my perfect spot for my retirement is going to be at a university door somewhere in a, because there's a, certain uh, universities after you reach a certain age That's you right. could take you can any course take all the
0: classes you want
1: it doesn't cost you anything <laughs> and You'd
0: go back to the when you were at the kindergarten with your children like we got to find this woman something to do she doesn't leave
1: that's right, that's and funny. I, I'll be the Full circle. I, I'll be the one in the class taking something, and and the students will look at me and the others and say, "Why are you doing this?" And I'll say, "Because I don't know anything about it, and I wanted to know something about it." Mm-hmm. And that that's the part of my job that I really enjoy because just think about a few of the experiences I've given the in the last few weeks and everything that I've learned. Even something as simple as a truck stop makes its money inside the store, not at the mm-hmm. gas pumps. You know, Amy, all day long. All the time, I am learning something that I didn't know. And that just is energizing to me. I'm never probably going to run a truck stop, but I just kind of like that I know that.
0: Yeah. Are you ever just paralyzed with fear of not knowing something or knowing who to talk to or walking into a room where you think everybody else knows it and you don't?
1: Of course. Uh, Sure, there there are those times... public speaking, I've gotten more comfortable with uh, think tanks and and walking in and, and talking about economic development, I have a high level of confidence. I will tell you when I get really nervous, that's when a major investor is in one of my communities and I know that they're making a decision on where to write a check I want everything to go right. I want to say everything right. I want to have all the information they need because I honestly believe it's just that important. That's when I'm just wish I could be better and better and better, is so that you could win more. Because it is a, in economic development, you win one out of ten.
0: Oh, wow. So. Those are kind of sad odds. I mean, you work so hard and then. You lose a lot, so how do you keep your spirits uh, up, just keep working?
1: Oh, I have had some heartbreaking um, moments. I call them bridesmaid. I've been a bridesmaid on a lot of projects before, but never the bride. Right. Always the second runner-up. Uh, w- we win, but, but again, it's a tough competition. Um, what I try to do is... First of all, remind myself that I did everything that I knew to do and that could be done. Um, Because that's just who I am. That's so important that if there's something that I know I need to do or find out, then I'm just driven. I'm going to find that before that visit. So I remind myself now, Connie, you did everything you knew to do. And then I try to ask uh, the investor, the company, the business, the retailer, you know, what made the difference? Well, you know, kind of um, given enough time, call them and just say, why did I, you know, what happened? Right. Why did you not choose us? And then I go to work on whatever that reason was that that we were not chosen. Um, I've had reasons given that were legitimate. Um such as uh, I needed to be closer to uh, the company I was supplying. I've had reasons given that are kind of funny, and one that comes to my mind that was a heartbreaker. I lost an international company, and I lost them to a nearby state um, that had a metropolitan area with an international airport, and the husband said his wife would rather have that address to send to her friends than an address in Alabama and that's a true story which oh, right. is okay I yeah. mean when things are apples to apples then things like where do you want to live Yeah. what school do you want your children to go to this happened to be kind of an ego address I think it, Atlanta is more metropolitan and if I have to tell my friends uh, on the international front that I'm moving I kind of think that Atlanta sounds yeah. better than Montgomery it sounds larger sounds like I'm still going to be able to be connected to you you know Alabama that's the other thing I've been in this business for about 25 years now well actually longer than that I won't give that exact age but (laughs) um Alabama you know our image has changed when I first got into the business of selling Alabama you first have to sell the southeast Alabama then your communities Alabama, we were thought of as uneducated and barefoot. Yeah. Mercedes came on the scenes, and we had our inter- first international company in the state, making Mercedes Benz cars in Tuscaloosa. I was at that opening, and that, that's when the perception for Alabama began to change that we that we were more than textiles and pup uh, pup wood. Nothing wrong with those industries, but that we could be home to international. Companies and that kind of changed uh, changed the playing field for us.
0: Well, and Montgomery has actually become an international airport.
1: Absolutely, Uh,
0: that's. I don't know that in the '70s I would have thought that would would happen.
1: So I could understand if I am from uh, Japan and I've got to tell my friends that I'm moving to the United States, and then I have to tell them that I am moving. To the southern United States, all the way down to, okay, so maybe I get this. And also if I'm used to uh, shopping in an international airport and more theater and cultural events, Atlanta makes more sense for me. But and I don't want to dwell on that. My yeah. point is that once you, once an investor sees that they have choices that are equal on the business front, the business model side, the profit, the workforce, the uh, where their uh, logistics work, then it becomes to those soft things. That's why in communities today it's so important for downtowns to uh, have a character. Otherwise, if you're along the interstate. You, nothing differentiates your downtown from any other downtown. Everybody has McDonald's and Jack's. Uh, but we've got some really quaint towns in Alabama that have uh, cultivated uh, an atmosphere for boutiques and craft breweries and white tablecloth restaurants that they're not changed. They're something right. unique.
0: And it becomes a destination for those that are traveling through so
1: it's it's a big recipe to create wealth in a community and uh, and when i say wealth jobs uh and an increased wage and hour it it's it's like baking a cake it's not just one ingredient because once you have a product whether it's an available building an industrial park maybe you have um a huge uh population that's graduating from high school that's a product that's a labor force but you've got to have the right blend of a lot of things to land another person's investment of capital into your area you know because again they can look at a site they can look at a building you can tell them about workforce Uh, maybe they can operate in your town and still get their goods to the port of mobile or ship to the supplier um But they're looking at other towns as well. So they look at education, downtowns. One of the coolest things that that I've done as a a chamber exec is we did what we call the WOW program. Welcome our way. WOW. We went to frontline workers in Prattville to the fast foods, to the gas stations, to the hotels, um, to to just those frontline people and talked to them about selling the community. And how do you feel about the community? What do you want to change? What, what would it take for you to welcome people our way with, wow, you should be here? Because we had done some surveys, and believe it or not, uh, there were some folks that if you pulled into their gas station and bought gas and said, hey, I'm thinking about staying overnight here, uh, can you tell me something about this area? Occasionally, we had people who said, man, I wouldn't stay here. I'd go on down to, you know, such and such. They got some nice restaurants, the you know, hotels and things like that. Or, you know, I'm thinking about moving here. Oh, man, I'm trying to get out of this town. But then there were a lot of people who uh, said right the opposite. Oh, you need to live here. So we we, we made it a concerted effort all the frontline people in Prattville to say oh you want to spend time here you want to live here you want to raise your family here and if they couldn't say that with enthusiasm we ask why what is it and whatever it was we went to work on it
0: oh well that's that takes effort so how do you make sure that you get a place at the table for these discussions
1: well, in a chamber of commerce, of course, it's you join the chamber as a as a member, and then you sign up for committees, and of course, uh, volunteer for board service, volunteer for think tanks, and and really, uh, my experience in the chamber world in in uh, Alabama. I've not worked outside of Alabama. I belong to. I've served on boards for the Southern Economic Development Council and and uh, other regional things, but I. In Alabama, I'm just going to say, you raise your hand. You can be a part of those discussions. It takes time and patience. Things don't change overnight, and uh, you just have to be able to, to want to serve your community and, and feel like that to make your business better, to make your family better, to make your home better, you're going to have to give back in the ways of uh, time and, and dollars and Elected service. I mean, there's leadership programs uh, that that chambers of commerce do, and and that's where you get your hopefully your future elected folks and your board service people for planning committees and and things like that. So, for me, operating a chamber for a long time, I, I would have to say, if you're interested, raise your hand. Most chambers in Alabama that I know are eager for volunteers and eager for Um, input you know now you do have to be patient I've had some uh, visionaries come in and you know you've got to let a community catch up with your vision it may be a great vision it may be one that some share but you're gonna have to build capacity for it because it takes time to grow a, a community and to change the things that need to change there are also some people who say well I don't want the community to change and i like to answer that by saying you know i recognize that I, I i understand that and if change were a choice i would line up right where you are but because change is not a choice you're either moving forward or you're moving backward and you don't want to move backwards so you always have to be embracing that change that's going to keep us going forward yeah
0: um since we've talked about Alabama and the changes in Alabama sometimes showing up at the table you might have been the only woman that was even in some of these discussions and then with some of the foreign entities that have come in you have to kind of know your role and place there how have you dealt with that through your career
1: um I'm smiling because um You're exactly right. I'll start with the international because you mentioned that. And recruiting international companies, you really do have to just know their culture. And uh, for me as an economic developer, uh, there are times when I am the person to lead the conversations. There are other times uh, the cultural aspects might dictate that I need to have a trained volunteer or uh, Tom, my boss now, uh, he may need to lead that conversation just because of the way they embrace or or they don't embrace women in leadership roles. So you you got to understand the culture and be okay with that. Just that it's just the way it is. Now, the uh, more amusing things for me as a woman in the chamber business is. Um, Women can multitask better than men and so in my opinion we're great when it comes to working at a chamber because there's many tasks to be done. The other thing that I'm smiling about is that you have, in my career, I always kept one thing in mind and I and still today keep this in mind, it doesn't matter whose idea it is as long as the idea gets implemented and it gets to a greater level. That's been hard for me to swallow sometimes. I've been in meetings before when I was the only woman. And my comments, I wouldn't think were not being heard. But at the next meeting, the same statements I said came out of a male's mouth. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, that's that's an interesting idea. Let's do that. And I kind of would, to myself, do a double take of like, "Uh, didn't I say that last week? Yeah. But anyway, uh but for me, again, uh, my motto is I, I can make a difference. And I hear, um, I know my ideas. I know how to sell my ideas. I know how to influence people uh, to 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 hold on to my ideas. But it's, you know, there is a glass ceiling. There is no doubt about it. Uh, women are not going to always be paid what uh, the male counterpart is, nor are they going to be portrayed in the same way uh, it's come a long way and, uh, but, but there's still that inequity there for sure.
0: What would you tell the, the young career person coming in, the, the young lady who is having to battle that and tempted to fold their arms and pout? What what would you say to, to her?
1: Stay focused, stay focused on what, you know, stay focused on, uh, bringing your ideas to the surface and um, I, I guess I would just say while it is personal and if you're passionate about your work it's very personal but try not to let it become so personal just like I said stay focused know what you know learn what you don't know say what you think and most of the time Uh, good ideas and good leadership is going to surface to the top. I mean, there's nothing going to hold that back for very long.
0: So you've had to balance career, family. Um, You've you've gone through different things in, in your family's life that you've had to give your full attention to. How do you find a balance, and how do you not go... Okay, I, I can't be 100% in both worlds. How, how have you handled that along the way?
1: I don't have a lot of wisdom in that area. I'm, I'm out of balance, I'm afraid, today even. Um, I, I have children and grandchildren um, that I love dearly, and, and the grandchildren have helped me find more balance than anything. Um, when they call, I can... Uh, usually find a way to carve out the time to do what they want to do or to be uh, to be with them. But truly, I I love the work that I do, and, and uh, there's a Chinese proverb that I've said to people, to groups a lot of times. Uh, it says, choose a job that you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. And I have that kind of a job. So there are times when I wake up, and I know I'm out of balance. I know I am. Um, at at that point, I, I try to, um, you know, redo my goals to make sure that family goals are in there, personal goals are in there, and not just work goals. But I'm not the – I don't have that one quite figured out yet because most of the time um, I just enjoy my work. Um, and I might enjoy it a little bit too much. I sign up for – too many things uh that are optional yet I feel like I just want to be there. I want to know and and I'm driven. I'm just driven. I have a granddaughter who's driven uh and I see so many things I want to say to her. Okay, you know, pace yourself. You've got time. But she's kind of genetically wired like I am. She's driven and it's just hard to slow down. The person that's just, you know, they just it comes from inside i i don't have to do it i want to do it
0: well a lot of times your job seeps into the evening comes up at breakfast i mean you don't get to have breakfast by yourself or dinner by yourself a lot of times you're on go how do you do that
1: well again amy i love people i love serving people i love serving communities i love um what I do in the economic development arena, the aspects of that, um, and so for me, after all these years, it's just second nature. I mean, in my in my schedule, I could literally have three meals a day with people, with groups, seven days a week, almost if I wanted to. Yeah. I mean, if you think about community development, economic development, there's always a chamber luncheon, a festival. Uh, there's always a site selection event. There's always a networking event. There's always a coffee. You can fill your calendar up. Again, my calendar stays pretty full. I'm just fortunate that I enjoy what I do, so it does not feel like work to me. Um, and I've learned over the years to to take family with me. My son and daughter um, and husband, I didn't always take them include them i was so learning myself and and hairy scary all over the place but with my grandgirls, i'm taking them places because it's part of their education it's part of their give back uh, teaching them to give back to their community and showing them what grana does and how to network you know we have so many young people that they don't understand that you've got to know people as I tell my granddaughters, we set goals, and we started out setting goals when they were very young. I did not know to set goals when I was young. I didn't really know to help my children set goals. I'm a first-generation um, college graduate. My dad did not finish high school. My mom got her GED. So so for me to have a master's degree, I'm the first in my family to do that. So, so some of the things that I've learned, I'm now... Uh, trying to um, teach and and mentor my grandchildren, you know, with the goal setting and and how to network and and how to tell people what your goals are and what you want to make a difference in. Um, and it's working. I, I can see that with with the grand girls, you know, you just they they know how to come into a meeting and introduce themselves and say hello and send a thank you. And tell me what they talked about, and they can start a conversation. And I did not always uh, feel that kind of comfort. I learned that over time, but I'm teaching them that. Um, my children, uh, they love what I do. They know I love what I do, and they're proud of what I do. Uh, but they're kind of like, Mom, you go to the chamber meetings. We'll, we'll be okay. <laughs> we'll be okay. My granddaughters are like, Oh, yeah, Grandma, I'll go with you. Let's go. So that's kind of a lot of joy for me.
0: Well, that is, because you're passing along some of the lessons that you may have learned in more difficult ways. um, And you also pass that same knowledge to other youth that you come in contact with. I know that in the cooperative world, you guys are very involved in scholarships and teaching the legislative side and exposing youth to a lot of leadership lessons. Um, you've been involved in some of those roles as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean,
1: we have a wonderful youth leadership program here. Um, and, and as you mentioned, all the things uh, we do, I'll tell you what I really enjoy uh, is we go into the high schools and we help seniors with exit interviews. Like if you're going to get your – you're leaving high school, so you want to get a job. Uh, and so we are – you. We do the mock interviews. Actually, we do them for the ninth graders and then for the seniors, um, and those are so fun. We have some of the brightest uh, students in our classrooms, and we need to be in there as business leaders and as the co-op coaching them on how to answer those interview questions, how to decide if you're going to college or do you need to go uh, into a skilled kind of certificate-type uh, school, what, helping them understand what they are good at and what they're passionate about. Um, and so that's, I, that has gotten to be one of the really fun days for me is when I get to go to the high school and, and uh, talk to the young people.
0: Wow. There are so many things that you're involved in that, and they're so varied. I think that's what's impressing me. But it seems that they are all relationship oriented, um, purpose driven. So, is that kind of the thread that you see through your career?
1: I do. Um, you know, I would say that I'm a relationship broker, an influencer. Um, it, it's really those relationships. It's about uh, helping people build consensus around uh, what what the product is that they're selling or doing, and and that that transverses across all you know whether it's a student, a mayor, an industry leader, a community leader. Uh, I'm in the grocery store sometimes on Saturdays. My sister, we buy my parents groceries, and she'll say, hey, Connie, we're going in. Don't make eye contact. Get the groceries and get out because I've been known to be in a grocery store for 30 minutes on an aisle talking to someone about uh, a dog in the park event, you know, uh, a picking up litter uh the new sign down the road that says welcome a a boy scout project um but you know again i love that i i really have to say i'm blessed i love every um every facet of of what i do and i work with the best of the best people when people stop you in the grocery store and want to talk to you about something they want to happen in the community that's the best of people the best of people
0: um, you talked earlier about training government um, and folks and, and um, some that are in, have come into public office. Or What is that?
1: Well, you know, you have your mayors and your council and your county commissioners, your state representatives, your federal leadership. Uh, all of those are elected positions, and you have to have good people raise their hand to want to be in those roles. And that is that is increasingly difficult in the political environment that we're in today. Um, a lot of people that would do a good job, they're just not gonna enter in that arena. So trying to encourage uh, business leaders, uh, people with vision to step into those uh, positions uh, is one of the things I like to think I, I influence in some ways. Then once they're in that position, uh, public service is in in running a government is different than running a private business. So there are things there that you have to uh, cultivate an understanding of how uh, selling an industrial park or giving an incentive or building a road uh, for a company how that equates to your tax dollars and your budget and how someone gets a job and how you pay for a police car through all of that but that is not something that elected officials always come in the door knowing so you have to you have to do leadership programs and you have to encourage them to uh to attend their own professional programs and leaderships and and be an ear for them and for a shoulder you know our elected officials um a lot of times ribbon cuttings are not what they get to do they get to hear disgruntled citizens And it can be a very tiring job, so keeping them uh, showing appreciation, recognizing what they do, helping them understand from the business side. The voice of business, what we think would make the community better, and how to get across the line on certain things, and to to raise dollars. And unfortunately, there's times to raise taxes, and you have to join hands and work with them. There, you couple that with the overturn in those positions. Uh, If you you know a mayor, uh, if you can have a mayor for eight years, twelve years, twenty years, that's great because. You can't get things done in a four year term always. Can they be on the job too long? Sure. But you got to stay in office um, to get those long term projects of economic development done. You're not just going to develop an industrial park in four years. You're talking about decades. Um, But that turnover. So each time that a new person comes in, that learning curve begins again. So that's a constant, uh, a constant type role for an economic developer is helping elected officials. And then chamber volunteer leadership, Uh, they don't get in those roles always uh, having come through the channels to understand, well, why did the the, uh, city buy that 200 acres? What in the world are they going to do with that 200 acres? Well, hopefully they bought that 200 acres for some kind of economic impact that's going to help fill the tax coffers, uh, making an area attractive improve quality of life uh, maybe it's an education tax that um, there's going to have a broader curriculum that's going to attract uh, more people to the area and jobs so that's a that's an ongoing everyday always uh, need
0: So you seem like a wealth of information so how do you keep? that organized and at your fingertips and if somebody needs to have some of that history you know I mean, you've been around long enough to to have firsthand know some of that but how do you keep it accessible to be able to pass that on
1: well in, in economic development um it really is true um you know a little bit about a lot of things but i know a lot of people and those Back relationships relationships Back to relationships. So let's say that someone comes in and they say, I want to uh, start a business. Okay, universities, community colleges, they have all kinds of resources for that. Um, so I can you in touch with someone to to help you with that if you need to get started on a business plan i have enough information and i've done enough of that that i can help you get started with it or i can call a a banker and say can you look over this financial plan and mark it up and give some tips and some things like that that's just one example of starting a business if it happens to be uh we're looking for industrial property we're the mayor and the city council and we don't have any property okay well well i can call in uh power south i can call in site consultants we can overlay maps and figure out where your utilities are and where the least number of property owners are so that you can buy a big chunk of land that's contiguous i mean we could go down a litany of things I don't have to know everything. I have to know the people who know that topic. So my relationship base, again, uh, relationships, relationships, relationships. That's what it takes in this business is uh, to know people. When they call on you, perform so that when you call on them, they can in turn serve you. Wow. All right. Go to a
0: whole other idea that you have um where you're kind of generating a business of your own where you've been helping people come up with things that uh get them launched what is
1: it that you're working on currently well you know uh at some point i hope to uh retire and so i was thinking about you know what do you want to do and i i've i know that i have some gems of wisdom they, they may just be gems but, but there's some wisdom. I have some great um, stories, uh, people stories. I love people, and I get to interact with all kinds of people oh, in, yeah, in all kinds of situations. So um, I am starting a little company called Seeds of Leadership and Laughter. Because one of the things I love about this job is, yeah, I have some heartbreaking moments, but most of the time I'm working with the best of people and i'm smiling and laughing and there's just um so many lessons that i've learned and learned from just people just and so my my thought is that i want to see if i can impart some of that just common sense every day hey, listen, here's what you do in leadership. I mean, I get it from mayors. I get it from industry leaders, my boss, my coworkers. I get it from people in restaurants just listening to conversations. And then the other thing is I really, truly believe that laughter is the best medicine. And so a couple, a few leadership lessons and some laughter, and most of the time we can make it through anything
0: and what direction do you think you'll go with that will it be well i've speaking engagements and coaching or well kind of?
1: i've i've done a few speaking engagements i'm better also in one on one with people or small groups where we just kind of sit around and talk about some life lessons What what do we all know that we wish we could tell others? And um, so I'm not sure exactly how it's going to develop. I once envisioned a coffee shop, wine bar type theme where uh, you just kind of go to the mic and whatever's on your mind, you just talk about it.
0: Like a comedy club for leadership. (laughs) Like a
1: comedy club for leadership. But I'll have to, uh, different ones have said, now you can't use my name. And then I have family stories, and I need a family. I don't need to be booted out of the family. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to be careful how I do it. But I really just want to make people laugh, and I want them to know some things that I know that I didn't always know, yeah. but I wish I had.
0: Can you think off the top of your head one of the humorous stories that might come through leadership?
1: Oh, well, I have a lot of uh, I mean I could think of a lot of humorous stories. Um, you're gonna have to give me a minute on that one. I'll, I'll let me think to it and come okay. think on it and come back come to back it..
0: Around. Um, so travel, you travel a good bit locally, but then you're darting all over the state. Some days you're in one end in the morning and another end at night is travel something you like
1: to do i do uh enjoy travel i've done a little international travel national travel some would like to someday do do more i mean I, i love travel if i had if i were um independently wealthy i'd be traveling somewhere um so yes i do like to travel um in any any given day I mean I'm in a vehicle a lot and put a lot of miles on a car but again I'm in different communities meeting with different people so that that's the exciting uh, part for me and like yesterday as I mentioned earlier in Coosa County we were in the back roads of Coosa County and it's always so beautiful such nature still there we saw turkeys and and deer and of course the gentleman that i was taking for the truck stop side, i said i know you're anxious to see cars and trucks give me just a little bit to get us off this shortcut yeah. road he said no no i enjoyed seeing those turkeys and uh but that's rural economic development you know you're out in the countryside yeah. but there are these intersections there's these crossroads where it's going to birth some jobs it's going to birth an industry it's going to birth a retailer yeah. and uh so you just have to know where those are and where the infrastructure is and uh, and try to sell sell it
0: You went on an international trip with Julie, didn't you? Didn't you go?
1: Julie and I have not been on an international trip together. Uh, Jim Byard and I have been on several international trips together. Julie and I have traveled uh, in. uh, Well, I take that back. I was thinking business. You're talking about Israel.
0: Yeah. Julie and I and my granddaughter
1: went to Israel. Oh, that was a a life.
0: That was a
1: lifetime trip. Oh, once in a lifetime trip. Well, you know. I'm trying to think of what. That many religions. In such a small area. Where the history goes back. uh, Before Christ. I can't imagine any other area. That you'd want to visit. And especially as a Christian. Than Israel. I mean it was just. um, It's just hard to put in words. And then uh visiting the sites um, and now when I read my Bible oh I was standing right there you know because obviously the tour we went on uh, was uh, church based and so we saw a lot of the biblical places uh, to think that um there was an area where they had dug the soil up all the way down to to where Jesus footprints would have been he would have walked on that and just the history itself just... You know, our country is so young. I mean, you're talking about thousands of years of history. So, yes, Israel, I mean, that was just a... And, again, there's so many people living there with so many different religions. And, of course, we know the struggles of Israel, the neighbors and the the many confrontations they've had the conflicts the battles um but just yeah you just have to believe god's hands on israel you go there and visit and uh, even though it's like a melting plot of religions everybody's uh, appears to be getting along and just uh it was it was an awesome i was baptized in the jordan river oh really yes that was Uh, That was a highlight. Of course, uh, being in the Dead Sea was equally uh, fun. Being on the Sea of Galilee, uh, hearing the the, uh, story of the fishes actually on the Sea of Galilee. I mean, it's chilling when you think about it, just chilling. So Israel, yes, that was definitely a highlight. Uh, Jim and I on business trips, we've been to uh, Korea, Japan, uh, been to Hawaii, Canada, uh, a few places, so yes, i I love to travel. I will tell you a humorous uh, story. right. at least it's funny to me, and I think Jim would be okay with me telling it. We tell it all the time. So we get to Japan, and this has been a couple of decades ago, and so energy efficiency in Japan was ahead of the United States, or especially Alabama. So we check into our five-star hotel, and we've been on a plane for like 16 hours, so we're tired. And so Jim, we're in rooms beside each other, so Jim goes in his room, and I go in my room and then i hear jim knocking on my door and i'm thinking oh mayor and if you're an economic developer you travel with mayors and they can seem high maintenance from time to time (laughs) and after 16 16 hours on a flight he did seem high maintenance to me so he's (laughs) knocking on the door and i open the door and he says come here you've got to see this i said mayor he said no no you've got to see this so he says i open my door and he said i take three steps in And it goes dark in my room. Well, I kind of got a little tickled because what he had failed to do, they told us at the front desk, or I wouldn't have known either, but he was so tired he didn't hear it. Your door card keeps your lights on. So when you open your door, you put your door card in their energy-saving slot there. If you don't, it's like you've left the room and the room does go dark. But Jim was thinking, because we were sleep deprived, we were tired, it was a rigorous tip. But I just remember he kept saying, it's like, I take three steps, I get right, see, see, it's all dark. And I'm like, give me your <laughs> room card. Okay. So uh, to me, those that's not necessarily a life lesson or a leadership lesson. But traveling to different countries and different places um, with people, you can have some some funny moments because we all are just we're just simple people i again i can just see his face looking at me going i mean it's like three steps in is there a button on the floor is there something and it just goes dark
0: here you walk see if it does it to you yeah here (laughs) you
1: walk in here and see if it does to you of course there are um yeah we we've had some interesting other stories i will tell you um i had a gentleman a very nice gentleman and in fact um I did work with him for a while, but, but people in, in, in general, they're, they're funny. He came in and to the chamber, and he said he would like to talk to me about opening a business. And I said, oh, great, great. We're so glad. Um, come on in. Let's talk. What type of business would you like to open? Well, I don't know. What type of business does, do we need here in our town? And I said, "Oh, okay. Well, let's let's look. I've got a gap analysis in here, and we could kind of see, uh, you know, where where some of it is. And so, you know, I talked and was showing him some numbers, and that you know, uh, shoe store might be a possibility. And you know, I didn't have a lot of information from him, and didn't know him. Just I was doing what I would normally do if as somebody walks in and wants to open a business, just trying to show him some data and trying to get from them." their ideas so finally he said well Miss Bainbridge here's what I want he said I don't really care what kind of business it is he said I just need to make money and I need to make a lot of it and I need to make it really fast
0: (laughs) and I just thought that you got the secret and recipe to that
1: I thought that secret I thought that was funny and I did say to him I said well now you know sir that you feed a business before it feeds you and he said, Oh, I can't do that. I gotta have some money now. Uh, but I always get a chuckle out of that because he was just uh I wanna I don't care what business it is, I just want you to tell me what business I can make some money quick, good money, fast money. And I'm like, Hmm. But anyway, so Next there peop- we we people, we are uh we're funny indeed. Funny indeed.
0: We have gone down so many roads and avenues and turns in this conversation and it's been a pure joy. But I want to make sure if there's anything that crosses your mind of I really need to share this, I need to make sure that the listeners glean this um whether it's a young employee or somebody that's in their prime that's going into a second or third or fourth career or or that youth that uh needs a little push of encouragement. What are some of the things
1: that we may have missed and you want to make sure that we center on? Well, I think what I would want to say is a couple, couple of things. Number one, we live in a country where you can dream and not only can you dream, but you can make those dreams come true. And I know that and I've seen people do that. I think what I want our young people to know is that they don't happen overnight and you may have to work hard and you may have to work at something that you don't like but have a dream know what it is and go after it because of all the places in the world here you can still have that dream you can still have that dream the other thing that I think I want to say is that I am so appreciative of the people who had a dream and let me work on it because I really wanted it as much as they did most of the time. And for me, that's where I get my pleasure. That's where I get my motivation is watching others' dreams come true. And that's. I know that sounds, again, kind of elementary, but I just want people to know, uh, you know, if you don't know your dream, watch for it. You've got one. And then go after it. Because there are people like me that our dream is to help you get yours. Excellent. One more
0: question. If you had a superpower, any superpower, and you had it for 24 hours, this can be applicable to personal life, professional life, life in general. What would that superpower be? How would
1: you use it and why? Well, I think what I would like is my superpower would be a charity, a foundation that could raise a lot of money and give to a lot of charities. If I had 24 hours and an unlimited amount of money, I think I could do a lot of good things for a lot of good people.
0: Great. Connie, how do people get in touch with you if they need to?
1: Um, you can reach me at Central Alabama Electric Co-op at 334-351-2151 or my cell is 334-207-4002 or I'm on Facebook, Connie Bainbridge. I uh, have a webs, uh, I have an email address at cbainbridge@coop.caec.com. And chances are, if you just Google my name, you'll you'll find me.
0: Awesome. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it so much. Wasn't that phenomenal? Connie would say to anyone, if you have an opportunity for education, don't pass that up. There were times that Connie's been fearful, but she is so prepared that she's ready. I love her attitude in that she does her very best and is excited to keep moving forward. Good leadership surfaces to the top. Thanks for tuning in. Find Stacked Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, you'll cry a little, and you'll find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it from family to philosophy to work to meal prep toward beautifully surviving life. One, two, three, do my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't nothing on me because I'm doing my thing and I hold
1: the key to all my wants.